Welcome back to the Health Investment Podcast. If you've ever found yourself in an exercise rut, this episode is for you. In the episode, I chat with Sean Vance, celebrity trainer and comedian, about weightlifting, high-intensity interval training, regular old cardio, protein shakes, nutrition. We cover a lot. Having trained some major A-listers, Sean is an authority on everything exercise and diet related. I was so grateful that he took his time to have this lengthy conversation with me. Although it's worth mentioning that Sean was my childhood neighbor and is still a good friend. Come to think of it, he actually owed me one for repeatedly throwing my Barbies off of my second floor banister. As I mentioned, Sean is not only a celebrity trainer, he's also a comedian. So unlike previous episodes, this one gets the explicit rating. I promise you, you're going to be super entertained by Sean's candid commentary on all sorts of issues. As always, I want to take a brief moment to share an Apple podcast review with you. Jan Flan 5 gave the podcast five stars and said, Super informative podcast. Brooke is clear and concise with her tips on making better health choices. She has a wealth of knowledge about living a healthy life, and she's also just very fun to listen to. Love her jokes. Her simple swaps while eating at restaurants are super useful. Looking forward to following along. I love that you find the Health Investment Podcast informative and entertaining, Jan Flano 5. You're definitely going to like this episode. But really, thank you so much for taking the time to leave the review. Reviews really matter in podcast world because, one, they help other people find this podcast in the first place, and two, once they've found it, the reviews help them realize it's worth tuning into. My goal, as you know, is to provide as much free, valuable information to as many people as possible. Your reviews really help me broaden my reach, so I can't thank you enough. All right, are you ready to learn everything you'll ever need to know about fitness and exercise? Here we go. Hi, I'm Brooke Simonson, certified nutrition coach and host of the Health Investment Podcast. Here's the thing. You deserve to feel amazing. But here's the other thing. There are so many confusing messages out there. Week after week, I'm going to share tips and practices that actually work for simple weight loss and sustainable wellness, because I want to help you get healthy for good without any BS. When I'm not podcasting, I work with clients one-on-one, so visit the show notes to book your free consultation. And don't forget to leave a review so that others can become trim, energized, confident, BS-busting rock stars like you. Thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Sean. Welcome to the Health Investment Podcast. Thanks for being here. Oh, I'm excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Of course. I mentioned in the intro that we have been, we've known each other, what, since you were born? Since the very beginning. Since yeah. the very beginning. Neighbors <laughs> through and through. Just, yep. we go oh, way man. back. Way back. I mean, the, the crazy, every time we see each other, we, we just can't stop talking about childhood. Yeah. And it was, it was idyllic too, you know, we, uh, we were lucky. We had neighbors that we played with. I feel like that's not as common a thing, especially today. Nobody plays with their neighbors. Yeah, I agree. And we didn't play video games. I mean, we played outside all the time. I had a pool. No. Yeah. You were constantly jumping off stuff and endangering your life. Just trying to get as high as I could. 
you know, <laughs> marijuana wasn't legal. exactly you had to find some way to do it right yeah yeah some way to get a rush so i guess (laughs) that kind of connects to the career path you've chosen in a way um so you are a personal trainer actually you train celebrities yeah the, the the celebrity trainer moniker i can uh I can identify as one. <laughs> Which is cool. So how did you get into that? I mean, what's your well, story? As you know, or for your listeners, I uh, grew up very involved in athletics, very just into physical stuff. And I got hurt a lot. And in the process of getting hurt, I learned how to get unhurt or sort of fix myself through different doctors and specialists that I would see. And I just started picking stuff up. And then trying to apply it to my life, but all for my own performance. Uh, I went to college on a track scholarship for pole vault. Um, and there immediately started trying to pick up everything I could from the, you know, the trainers and all the support staff. And then more than anything, like get better at my sport. Uh, so I really got into lifting. And as a skinny white kid, it was important to me to put on a little bit more of a neck. You know what I mean? I wanted to look like a man. Yeah, uh, you were pretty skinny. Oh, I was so skinny. It was just a really, <laughs> it was a tough go for me. You know, as an ectomorph, <laughs> just always seeing my uh, abs, you know, that was kind of just a, a curse as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, no, uh, I was just a skinny kid. <laughs> abs on skinny kids don't count. Right. Um, yeah, no, but so then after college. I didn't really finish college uh, because I started doing marijuana. Um, <laughs> yeah, full circle. Full right circle. Back to the beginning of the back conversation. getting high. Um, <laughs> no, you know, I, I did the classic leave home for the first time and I partied real hard until I lost my scholarship and got kicked out of school. At which time well, you I also like, went to a very conservative college. Yes, yes, yeah. Oh, like if I had gone to ASU, they'd have been like, great work, keep studying. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> When I did go to ASU, that's what they said. Uh, No, and so I was like, all right, well, I'm going to get my shit together and join the military because Zach, my brother, uh, was already in the military and he kind of gave me this uh, speech about getting my life together. And I was like, yeah, you know what? He's right. So I joined the military, went into special forces, um, and then became a special forces medic. uh, Or for everybody that doesn't know, uh, in the military uh, or in special forces, you have. The Army branch, which is the Green Berets, and that's what I was. Um, and everybody on a Green Beret team has a secondary job, right? You're a shooter first. And then because we operate as a autonomous small unit in austere environments, we all have a second job. We don't have support. So somebody is the medic, somebody is the engineer, the weapons sergeant, the communications guy, etc. Um, and so I chose the medical route thinking like, all right, after the military, I'll just grow up and become a doctor or a physician's assistant or something along that route. Um, And I dove into it and it was awesome because it gave me inside of the military kind of the rights. Uh, We were somewhere in between like a paramedic and a physician's assistant. Like we could Mm -hmm. dose drugs, deliver babies, do amputations and gunshot wounds and stuff like that. Um, But clinical care wasn't as much our specialty. Like we did a, a block of instruction on it, but you know, most of the time you're dealing with trauma. Um, I have a question. Yeah, Quick question. Wait, were you delivering a lot of babies in the military? I've only delivered three babies. But you, wow. When yeah, you were but, overseas, you delivered babies? No, I delivered two babies here and I delivered one baby when I was in Eastern Europe. Huh. Did you deliver your own babies? 
I did not deliver my own babies. No, <laughs> neither of them. Courtney won't let me uh, do it, but you know, I, I can see where that, yeah, that wouldn't go well. She doesn't trust me. Um, <laughs> and that makes sense to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Yeah. Uh, no. So uh, in that process, you know, I got really, really strong base of anatomy physiology and all the while, like, because I had done college athletics, I was kind of like up on a lot of the training trends. And uh, my last station was at Colorado Springs or Fort Carson in Colorado Springs, which is just down the street from the Olympic Training Center. And we, at the same time, Special Forces started a new program called the Thor 3 program that was like kind of modern training. And it was at the forefront of that. They'd gotten a lot of their um, content or curriculum from some of the big NFL strength and conditioning coaches. And uh, so some Olympic training center coaches were implementing that at our uh, base. And I elected to take as many courses and certifications as I could at the time, just for my own skill, because I wanted to do, I was getting into Olympic lifting. So I got certified and, you know, spent a ton of time with coaches, just looking over form and understanding mechanics and how everything worked from a performance standpoint. Um, and then when I got out, uh, threw away the dream of the mature dream of becoming a medical professional and decided that I would per pursue the unlikely dream of making it in the entertainment industry. Uh, and so I did what most Navy SEALs do, and that's leave the military and move to Hollywood in hopes of playing a <laughs> Navy SEAL. <laughs> <laughs> right, I've heard most people in Hollywood are former Navy SEALs. Former Navy SEALs is the number one job or former job <laughs> to be in in Hollywood. Yes. <laughs> um, no. Uh, so I did. I came out to pursue comedy, and literally on the drive out to LA, I was like, "What the fuck am I gonna do for a job?" And Courtney was like, "Well, you have your paramedics." Um, certificate. Why don't you do that? And I was like, I don't want to. Like, I didn't enjoy that aspect of it. And she was like, one of my friends works at this place called Equinox, and she makes bank. And I was like, really? And so she Googled it and showed me, you know, like earning potentials at Equinox, and that it's like this bougie club. And I was like, all right, well, this stuff is all kind of second nature to me. Let me see if I can get my personal training certification. And so I. On the drive, ordered the book, read the book, uh, took the test, and got a job at Equinox a week later. Uh, actually, two weeks later. Um, and that was kind of the beginning of me going like, all right, I'm going to transfer my own personal knowledge to people. And it kind of went quickly because I realized that the athletic community was way ahead of the civilian community and especially in like the big box format. And mm. so – by pure happenstance, I happen to be uh, ahead of the curve with a lot of things. Um, and then quickly, I got I moved gyms and I went to this gym called Rise Movement, uh, which if you Google is a, it is, it was, especially when I was there, the quintessential like celebrity training facility uh, in LA. I mean, there's like three or four of them. Uh, with the big name guys, but you know, we had everybody, Matt Damon, uh, John Krasinski, Bradley Cooper, Emma Stone. We, we ran the gamut. Um, and I got, I started working for this guy named Jason Walsh, the founder of that company or that gym. And it was an incredible 
uh, mentorship in a way like he taught me how to work with people. And, and one of my big philosophies when it comes to fitness is that the mental aspect is probably the most important thing, like training the mind or as a, as like a health professional, being able to meet people wherever their mind is at and get them to where it needs to be. Um, that's like the, that was kind of what this guy taught me. And I had a lot of the rough skills, but he showed me how to make those into, you know, being a personal trainer. And I also got to work alongside some of, I mean, like another mentor of mine is like Ben Bruno, who is, you know, one of the dopest strength guys, I think on the internet today. And, you know, his clientele is everybody from Justin Timberlake to, um, you know, Beyonce or whatever. Uh, honestly, I don't know if he trains Beyonce. I shouldn't say that. I think it's <laughs> Taylor Swift. Or, you know, uh, he's got a whole host of people. I can't keep up with it. Um, right. So anyways, I was doing that at the same time as uh, pursuing the entertainment stuff on the side and quickly got a good following at that gym. After two years under Jason, I left and started my own business and I took Matt Damon and Jimmy Kimmel and a few others with me. Um, and yeah, so that's kind of been my journey in the fitness industry. The late, the last person I just did a transformation for is John Cho. Uh, took him from a skinny fourteen percent body fat to uh, ripped. I mean, he looks really good. He tore his ACL in the middle of shooting, so uh, production's on delay. But he's going to look dope. Did you see that transformation that Jim um, Camille? What man? How do you say his name? Uh, Camille. I'm going to Google it. You know who I'm talking about. He's no. the Indian guy from Lovesick. Have you seen that? Love's oh, uh, I'm so bad with movies. It's actually embarrassing. I mean, I'll see a movie and I won't remember the ending Nanjani, of it. Nanjani, that's what it is. It. Kumail Nanjani. You got to oh, okay. Google his. You got to Google how ripped he is. He got jacked. You, you trained him? No, I didn't. I trained oh. John Cho, but his photos oh. aren't out yet because his show hasn't come. Got uh, it. But yeah, that was the oh, last one. Oh, whoa. Yeah. Yeah, pretty crazy, right? I know that guy. Oh, in Silicon Valley. Yes. Wow. That is Yeah, and he was just in Stuber. He was one of the leads in Stuber. Yeah, he's made a huge transformation. What are some of the other transformations you're super proud of? I mean, Matt Damon was one of my favorite people to train because he worked so hard and he would you know, he's got everything that you need in order to get there. He's got the personal chef, he's got the time, and he's got the motivation of, I'm going to be immortalized on the screen in four months. We got to get there. Um, John Krasinski for 13 hours uh, mm -hmm. was a really good one because that was the first time like he kind of came out as like a buff dude. Um, yeah. From the office to... Yeah, from gym to jacked. Yeah, super Jack. What about and he was just in that series on on for Jack Ryan, episode. yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Well, listen, right. I'm not responsible for his body anymore, so I don't know oh. what it, you know. I haven't seen it on Jack Ryan. Is it looking good still? I don't know. It probably looked better when you were training him, right? I'm sure. Right yeah, answer? you know what? New York. I don't know what they're doing over there in New York. Nothing. Mm -mm. Absolutely nothing. Well, I think what you said is really interesting about the mental aspect. Yeah. Yeah. Because. I definitely have kind of a mental block, I would say, when it comes to exercise. I mean, I I just feel like I don't know enough of what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. I'm very into 
doing the least possible whatever <laughs> to get the maximum results. And I do that. I'm good at doing that with nutrition now. And, you know, I'll whip up a 10 minute sheet pan meal and I'll have food for the, for lunch the following day and dinner the next night, you know, I'll cook in excess or I've just really nailed meal prepping and, yeah. but I'm lazy with it. I mean, people, I think, assume <laughs> that any it's so nutrition hard. coach. Yeah, but I think people assume, you know, oh, you're in the health and wellness field, so you must love exercise. You must love cooking. And I actually don't love either one, but I recognize that both are super important. So I figured out with cooking, you know, I I don't even really call what I do cooking. I don't really use recipes. I call it more I use templates and I just kind of throw eggs and something together. Um, So I've made that super simple, but that's the reason I wanted to have you on today so you can completely change my life. And make exercise. Yeah. Yeah. Get into the head (laughs) and make exercise simple and something that feels accessible. Um, And I think a lot of people kind of struggle from this. If I could be your next most favorite transformation. Yeah. Right? Like Mm -hmm. John Krasinski, 13 hours, that will mean nothing anymore because of my transformation. Of course not. I agree. Yeah. John who? Yeah, exactly. Um, So. Like, where do you stand on resistance training versus high intensity interval training versus just regular? I've heard it called like zone two cardio. Yeah, like steady what, state. What are your thoughts well. about those things? Uh, it all depends on what your goals are. I think mm-hmm. that everybody needs an amount of steady state cardio, right? Of mm-hmm. just, I mean, they mainly for your cognitive like your for your brain um for neuroplasticity and all the rest of it it's it is the only exercise that they show that improves uh those things now for everything else from weight loss to physique building cardio is a waste of time first of all you get cardio doing almost everything right, right. If your heart rate is going um or has increased then you are getting cardio um but like people always ask, like with clients that that get really really lean, uh, people looking in from the outside are constantly like, "How is that? Like, how can you get like how much cardio do they have to do? Are they like running like two hours a day?" I no, we don't run ever. Um, I do do things like uh, high intensity intervals. More often than not, I just do like straight sprints, so rest recovery exercises. Like uh, I use the ski erg a lot or the um, air bike. If you have one of those, uh, rowers are fine. It's just people's form is usually bad. A ski erg is something that a lot of people aren't familiar with, but it's just like an upright, uh, it's like a rower. If it was against the wall and you're pulling down, it's kind of like your cross country skiing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it creates like, it helps shape your physique, your core, your abs, your triceps all at the same time as giving you, um, a killer cardio workout or sprint workout. Um, and then the other thing I think is great is is doing like low to moderate weight kettlebells where you do intervals um, because there's just a lot that you can get out of a kettlebell swing. Um, and, and most people's body can um, accommodate a kettlebell, especially because you can go, you know, just a single hand as opposed to both hands. And I think when you get locked in for a lot of people, on a barbell or whatever else, all their individual dysfunctions start to show. Mm. So or become more difficult to overcome. Yeah. So kettlebells, so you can just do regular kettlebell swings. 
Yeah. You don't have to yeah. do any and, other and, fancy stuff? No. I, look, uh, I think that Turkish get-ups and kettlebell swings, if you could do bottoms up, which or you hold the kettlebell upside down and you press up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, kettlebell swings and Turkish get-ups, that would be like enough of an exercise routine for anyone. And then how long do you um, do that for? 30 minutes. Okay. I'm gonna I mean, Google I would warm things. up. Yeah, I can send you links too. Okay. Um, the biggest thing I think, look, for me, I like variety. So I constantly want a different goal, right? If I don't have an, uh, an, an objective that I'm trying to accomplish in the next two months, then I'm going to pretty much do nothing in the gym. Um, my workouts will suffer. They will be lackluster, et cetera. But if I set my goal of, all right, I'm going to put on, I'm going to bulk up now for the next six months. And here's my goal weight. This is the amount of pounds that I want to put on. This is the body fat percentage that I want to be at. Then I have, uh, something holding me accountable. And I also will vocally tell other people as much as I can, because Pride seems to be my greatest motivator. <laughs> <laughs> that I knew. Yeah, yeah. And so if you just tell a bunch of people what you're about to do, uh, and you got to just uh, follow through. Otherwise, they're going to know that you're a quitter. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think another thing that can work for people or has worked for me is actually signing up for classes where there's a cancellation yes. fee because I don't want to pay $25 if I don't show up. Or oh, I, working out I have with a, a buddy. friend. Yes, I work out with a friend. You got to work out. You've got just being accountable to yourself is not always enough. And I do love and believe in the meditative power of being able to isolate yourself and put yourself through an intense or tough workout. But for a lot of people, that is not, uh, it's certainly not the place to start and it's not sustainable and it's not fun. Right. Right. You can't hate what you're doing. Like, I actually hate belonging to a box gym. I just don't go when I do. So we just got a spin bike because Thomas and I both like cycling. Um, So for example, if I have a spin bike, like what would you recommend on that? Doing intervals, kind of like sprints on it? Um, Well, now you're going to see, I don't like uh, bikes. Well, but I can't run because of, I can't do high impact stuff because of a foot thing. So like I can't do... Can you, or like, uh, what type of bike is it? It's like a cycling, like a, like a road bike style. Yeah. It's a Schwinn, like a cycling bike. The best thing to do then. Yes. Is sprints. It's as simple as a minute on a minute off. Uh, but the key is to just give it to it when you go, right. right? Like if you're going to do sprints like that, you've got to really go for it. Um, and then let your heart rate come back down. Right. Okay. You can do the talk test, right? Like if you if you just want to do intervals and you're going to set your time for 30 minutes of exercise, just blow it out for 15 seconds, as hard as you can go. And then once your heart rate is back down to the point where you can have a conversation with somebody, uh, you're ready to go again. Oh, that's interesting. So don't even worry yeah. so much about the time between intervals. Yeah. I, I really believe this for most people. I think that – and. What makes me successful as a personal trainer is not is is flexibility. Uh-huh. Like if somebody is not performing well, we're changing the exercise. If somebody is uh, not recovered by the time it's time to go again, then they're not going again. You know what I mean? And I I watch a lot of other trainers and a lot of other people 
a start a program or start a set and it doesn't look good, their form's not feeling great, they don't uh, feel good inside, and they'll just push through, and that's where they get injured or they get tired and they quit. Hmm. Like how often in your own experience, like do you start a workout program or you like go do something and you'll give it your all because you, everybody wants to, you want gains, you're motivated, you get in the gym and you kill yourself for an hour. Uh, You can only do that for so long off willpower before you go, screw this. This is just a lot of work and I don't feel or look that much better. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of what you're saying also mirrors diet or, you know, when you go too hardcore and you try to fit into some one size fits all approach and you're not flexible, it's never going to work out. I mean, if it's like, I'm never going to eat a cracker ever again, that's not sustainable, you know? Yeah. Um, 100%. Yeah. Okay. So what I'm hearing is cardio, is it kind of like find whatever cardio then you don't hate or you can somewhat enjoy and your body can tolerate and do in intervals. Yep. Okay. Uh, look, twice a week, I try to do steady state cardio. So like for me, uh, twice a week, I either go on a run or a row or do the skier long and slow because of the endorphin. I enjoy the, the experience of it. And I believe that it is good for your overall, you know, it's good for your cardiovascular system and for your brain. So that's uh, not intervals. That's just steady state. That's just steady state cardio. Because I don't that's really. That's like watching Netflix while I'm on the spin bike. Yep. Okay. Just at, at a level, right right at the level, as fast as you can go, where you could still have a conversation with short sentences. Okay. Um, could that be a walk, like a power walk? Or are you anti I'm not anti. Doing walking. Uh, I just, uh, there's not as much. I don't see the benefits in my own experience. That's that's the reason that I don't think power walking is. It's very difficult to get your heart rate for me over 120 beats per minute uh, walking fast. And if I am, I almost feel worse. Or like it's so fu- it takes so much effort to walk that fast. It's easier to jog slow to me. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's true. So then cardio should be something you're breaking a sweat and you're raising your heart rate. It's not steady state cardio. Isn't just like no, you're you, not breaking your sweat. You're no, no, no. You should, be, you should be glistening. Your body should be warm, uh, but okay. you should be able to talk. Okay. So two times a week, do that. And then when would you recommend or how often the interval training? I mean, the best, in my opinion, right, for me, uh, here's what, it, at the base of it, it comes down to your goals, right? So like, let's uh-huh. take two different people. If I've got an actor that wants to, that's going to have shirt off scenes, wants to lose overall fat, but have muscular shape, uh, then most of what we do is hypertrophy based weight training, right? With the goal of building muscle. And then I'm trying to get them to lose fat with the diet that they're using. Uh, and then the, the cardio that that guy is doing is almost no steady state and, or that guy or girl, uh, just intervals. Because the mm-hmm. steady state in that situation is going to burn more calories than I want it to. And the impact on the joints and all the rest of it's not worth it when the training regimen is like such high volume. And so in that case, uh, for the most part, their cardio will come from a heavy set of deadlifts or going from deadlifts to pull-ups. Um, and it's just, you know, part your your elevated heart rate for 
an hour and 15 minutes of weight training uh, as opposed to purposefully focusing on high-intensity intervals. Right, because you can get the same kind of interval benefits from weight training. Yes, yes. Look, in terms of overall, um, you need some uh, cardio stress. That's It's just Mm – the way that it is. Um, so like the guys that say, Oh, you could just go to the gym and lift weights all the time and never really break a sweat. And you're working out, you are working out and you can build muscle that way, but you're not getting everything that your body needs. Um, but yeah, for the most part, you could just do a round of kettlebells or lift weights faster and you're getting plenty of cardio. Okay. So then weight training. Yep. What are the best things to do? Like I don't belong to a gym. Is there anything that you would recommend doing even without any equipment? Uh, yeah. I mean the problem, the biggest issue that most people face is that form is nuanced and it also changes slightly based on your mechanics, right? Like you can watch a YouTube video where somebody is cueing you on how to squat, right? Like how to fix Mm -hmm. a butt wink or whatever. Um, And it may not work if you follow their cues for your body because of how long your legs are or your torso is in proportion to your legs or your hip mobility. Like every person is different. And so if there is some place to spend money or like that makes it worth it to have a trainer or to see a sports therapist, you want them to go over form with you. And if you can learn form, uh, you could do anything on your own. But if you have bad form, and and one of the things that people don't realize is like body weight exercises are actually hard. Like like having the right form when you're doing a pistol squat to not cause damage and to actually build strength and um, muscle is hard. But there are things that are simple and easy like a lunge walk. Uh, Like lunges are a killer exercise. One of my favorite exercises is a Bulgarian split squat which is uh, basically your rear foot is elevated on a bench or some sort of uh, pad. And then you're going down into a lunge, but you only have your front leg to go off of and you're avoiding pushing your knee too far forward. It's worth a Google. Um, Mm-hmm. It's a great. I, yeah, I always do show notes for every episode. Okay, so great. Anything you're mentioning, I'll put links to all these different exercises. I think Bulgarian split squats are are one of the best lower body exercises as a whole. Um, And you can do them without weight. You can just do them uh, body weight. Okay. Do you recommend doing like leg day, back day, or do you? Again, it all depends on your goals and how how much you're working out a week, right? Like with, uh, with an actor who is trying to put on muscle versus an actor who is trying to get thin, um, they would be different for the guy that's putting on muscle. I am going to isolate at least movement groups. You know what I mean? Like a horizontal push pull. Um, if not isolating more than that and going like, all right, we have to define his chest more or she needs better glutes. And so that's going to be a focus in our workouts. Um, and then, it, and then it's going like, if they're coming four days a week, how often are we giving them rest? You know, you, you need that 48 hours before you hit the same muscle group again, if you want to have the, the best growth, uh, in my opinion. Uh, okay. Um, That's good to know. And, and like, there are people now that are 
that are pushing a basically similar workout um, and you're just doing a higher reps at a lower weight, literally 24 hours. It, it, I'm, here's the biggest thing to me. So much of this is theory. Almost all of it is theory and it changes constantly. And the things that haven't changed and seem to stay the same are the traditional um, lifts like uh, squats and deadlifts, overhead press, bench press, rows, like the things that have stood the test of time. A lot of them have modifications now that make them safer. Um, and those are worth using. Like I, I don't do back squats with anyone uh, oh. because you could get everything that you want out of a back squat with a Bulgarian split squat um, or with like a goblet squat, um, kettlebell squats, like just things where there, where you don't have as much um, forced movement. Yeah. <clears throat> so so what uh, if- as far as um, body weight exercises go, like you it's difficult if I'm being honest with you to get Mm -hmm. everything that you want. It's not efficient. That's the way that's actually the best way to put it. Um, okay. Do you know what a tonal is? Uh, uh, tonal is, uh, basically a wall mounted, um, resistance machine, cable machine. And it has like a built in, you know, avatar trainer. Actually, I think it has, video of real trainers um we never use the video at the gym but it's a great system it's small it goes on your wall i think it goes up to like 245 pounds i don't it might be 225 i don't know how much weight it is but it's enough for most people um in resistance and the arms like can move in any position it's a really really good machine uh that would fit in almost anybody's apartment and i i Uh have started just going everybody should get one of these (laughs) really yeah, because resistance training isn't that hard, or like it, mm-hmm. you don't have to do that much. Like if you go into the gym today, and you had a trap bar deadlift, even if you don't have a trap bar deadlift, you could go do Bulgarian split squats uh, mm-hmm. with an appropriate rep range. You need the right scheme, right? And mm-hmm. do that, glute bridges, kettlebell swings, and if you have a sled, best case scenario sleds and be out of the gym in 45 minutes only have to do that three days a week and have a rocking bod okay wait that's something i'm very interesting what was the last thing you said a sled Mm. if i could if i could have one exercise or one piece of equipment uh for the rest of my life it would be a sled oh is that that thing you push yep okay yeah weight sled there's a bunch yeah. of different variations of them from the Prowler to the just traditional four post one. Um, and it doesn't really matter which one you get. It's just that it is a very safe way to load someone on any, almost any plane of movement. Huh. Um, so you can get volume off of it. You can get cardio off of it. You can get explosivity off of it. Like you can do everything that you need to do with the sled. Um, and it's always, it's so dynamic that you're getting a, big bang for the buck. 10 minutes on the sled is like 30 minutes of anything else. So like, what if I were to buy a kettlebell so I could do the kettlebell swings? Uh What, what weight do you recommend for somebody like me? Or is there a a way to gauge that? You should just buy a set that's going to go from where you're at to, you know, three or four bells above your 
limit right now. Oh. The, you should look for a set. One kettlebell by itself. Here's the big thing. Progressive overload is the concept that we all live or die by, right? Like mm-hmm. you need to be improving. And that's not a blanket statement. I shouldn't say that. There are some people that believe in forms of training where you go up a level, you stay at that level for six weeks, and then you just jump from there up to the next level. But for the most part, uh, progressive overload is the key. So you should constantly be making your workout harder in one way or another, either by adding weight, decreasing rest time, uh, increasing reps, uh, any of those variations of, of change. But if you just were to have one kettlebell into the same kettlebell exercise, every time you went into the gym, your body would adapt and you would stop getting results that you want. Oh yeah. I think that's what I've done in the past. Yeah. It's what most people do. And then as soon as you stop getting, cause you'll get newbie gains and you'll have results quickly and you'll feel good about yourself and then it'll stagnate. You won't get the gains that you want and you'll be in one place. Variety is valuable. Okay. So get a set of kettlebells. Those aren't that expensive, right? You can get them on Amazon or something. Yeah. I, okay. I don't think so they're then- Glute bridges, Bulgarian split squat. What if I don't have access to a sled? Is there something else that's comparable or? You know, they sell these uh, a lot. Honestly, a lot of gyms are getting sleds now, um, but they sell pulley systems. Mm -hmm. This sounds silly, but several of my clients that I go to their houses, get them in their driveways or in a long hallway and you hook it into a D ring and it's essentially like a weighted pulley system. And so you can attach, or it has a long rope that runs through it. You attach handles to one side or grips to another side, the same types of pull systems that you would use on a sled. And then you drag backwards and it's the friction of the rope passing through the pulley system that creates the weight or the load, um, that you're pulling. So with what fits in, uh, you know, a shoebox, you could create the same exact thing as an entire sled. <clears throat> okay. And those aren't it. that bad either. I think, you know, you can get a good one for three or 400 bucks. Uh, and oh, that's, okay. that might sound like a lot, but that will last you forever. Yeah. That's interesting. So then is it better to do more reps with less weight or fewer reps with heavier weights? Neither. Oh. <laughs> Variety. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> the best thing oh. anyone can do, uh, it, people just get too into their way of doing it, right? You, you have somebody like Tracy Anderson or one of these uh, big famous uh, female uh, trainers, and they're, you know, oh, we do 300 reps of three pound shoulder, you know, flies. And you're like, that sounds horrible to me. Um, but they'll have a whole following and they'll just all go do that all the time. And it will work because most of them are starving themselves at the same time. Um, mm. But it's like exhausting in comparison to what it needs to be. Right. There's no reason like the differences between the way I'm training someone that's trying to get jacked versus someone that's trying to get thin are small. Uh, right. I do change up rep schemes, you know what I mean? Like I'll have somebody doing reps for 20 if they're just trying to lean out, but some of their exercises, I'm still going to load bigger than that and go for lower reps because I think it's good for their overall system. Um, I think if you just go in and always do high reps, you're just falling into a habit and uh, variation is key. Okay. So variety is huge. 
steady state cardio for heart health or overall health is good. Yes, yeah, steady state twice a week. In a dream world, this is what I would do for any person. Okay. It's six days of activity, Ugh. which sounds crazy, but mm-hmm. it's not that much each day. Mm-hmm. Uh, two days a week, you're going to go on 30 minutes of steady state cardio, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and with the other 30 minutes, do mobility or if go to yoga, something that involves flexibility, uh, working on your mind, like your mental state uh, in exercise. And uh, just active range of motion is is important, right? You can't just doing static stretching won't get you what you want. Um, and then three days a week, I would lift weights, um, and in a varied uh, way, you know what I mean. Like I, I would have basically, I would do my entire body each one of those days, uh, but I would do it with a different goal, right? Like today's going to be my harder my harder or higher intensity interval day where I'm going to decrease my rep rate or my uh, rest time and I'm going to increase my reps. And then on Wednesday, I'm doing uh, actually typically on Monday is the day that I would do my strength day. On Wednesday would be the day that I would go for hypertrophy. And on Friday, I would do like a all around blowout. And then on my single day that's left, Whatever the thing that I'm working on, whatever my goal is, like set a goal for yourself. Do you want to be able to do 20 push-ups? Do you want to be able to do a pull-up? Do you want to be able to um, drag 500 pounds on the sled? Whatever your goal is, um, that's the thing I would work on on that extra day. That day is a a play day. Like be active in in a form of play. If you play tennis, play tennis. If you golf, golf. Walk, carry your bag. You know what I mean? Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Um, what about that seven minute workout that was popularized by the New York times a while back? Have you ever seen that? Yeah. Do you hate uh, that? Well, I just don't know anyone that's in shape that does that workout. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's more, you just uh, have a feeling that you're getting in shape, but you don't actually do it. I don't know how any of it you can, I think people confuse being tired with getting a good workout. Uh, and a lot of times when I have a client for the first time, we get to the end of the session and they go like, Oh, is that it? And I'll be like, just, yeah, just wait for tomorrow. Uh, and they real, you know, the next day they'll be sore in all kinds of different ways and places, but they never felt like they were going to die during their session. Um, and look, once that person has the stamina and form and all the rest of it, I will push them to the point when they're exhausted. But Mm -hmm. My workouts, I, I'm not always dead. Uh, I don't think that that's necessary. And crab walking downstairs is hard as hell. And if you did that for seven minutes, you would be so exhausted, and you would not be in better shape at all. <laughs> oh right, okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. this hard shit doesn't make it better. Yeah. Purposeful, um, programmed choices. Uh, make things better. I, seven minutes is just not enough time. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, my warm up takes my my warm up alone to get my body ready to exercise takes fifteen to twenty minutes. Uh, but it sounds like you actually have more goals of physicality and like how you look. Like, what about if you just want to? You don't care so much about being super toned, but it's just 
for your overall health benefit and kind of maintain? I do. I think that resistance training is key for anyone. They're showing like the results that it has for your, the aging process, the elasticity of mm-hmm. your, yep. And the maintaining of uh, the fibers that you need as you get older, right? Like you, right. all of your fast, fast switch fibers begin to deteriorate. And the only way to really maintain those is strength training. Right. I've heard that. Um, as well. And so I think about it all the time, right? Cause I'm like, if I could get out, if I uh, am in a place of life where I no longer like the way that I look isn't a part of my business. Mm-hmm. Um, what would I choose to do? And I think that I would choose to do, uh, to, to put an emphasis on activity-based exercise, mm-hmm. like racquetball and tennis and things like that. But uh, lifting weights three days a week seems like something I will do for the rest of my life. Right. That makes sense. Because um, of the yeah. way that it will make you feel better. It makes you move better. People don't sit right. They don't hang out right. They don't stand right. And all of these things have to be addressed by building muscles that work in a reciprocal action as opposed to just like, you can't just think to yourself like sit up straight, right? Because all of the muscles on the front of your body, your chest muscles, your neck muscles, they're, they've all become shortened over time. They are literally, and you can't um, just lean back and then reset. You have to physically and actively engage the, mo- the muscles that are posterior, the reciprocal muscles for those, at the same time as lengthening the front, right? You have to be shortening and strengthening the back while lengthening the front and releasing the front. Um, and so like a lot of these issues can't be solved by just, or will be solved so much faster. It's all about efficiency to me because time is everything. I agree. Um, yeah. What about women who are worried that if they do weight training, they'll bulk up? I, it, it's, um, uh, crazy. That's a myth, right? Because it's so hard to look like a bodybuilder. I mean, you're not going to. It's (laughs) so fucking hard. It's so hard. Like it's, I, I, it's so, uh, unaware is really the the answer because the idea that you'll just pack on muscle, like, you know, how hard people work to pack on muscle, the amount that I have to stuff into my face. I, I promise you people that are, that come to me to lose weight versus people that come to me to put on weight. The people that come to me to put on weight are the ones that are crying in the gym, that are uh, losing their minds, that are pissed off. They're the ones that are having the rough time because eating 4,000 calories, eating two chicken breasts uh, at a time for six months straight, you know, every day for lunch for six months straight will make you want to kill yourself. Right. Um, and, and so like the fear of getting big, I don't think is, uh, real diet is a, is what causes you to get big or not. Right. Mm-hmm. If you, if you, if I go into the gym every single day with the right rep scheme and the right exercise scheme, and I bust my ass at go, you know, I, I could even get a, a weight belt and go to gold's gym and wrap my hands and tape and put chalk everywhere. It'd be really serious. If I don't take in any calories, I won't get big at all. Not a bit. Um, and so like for girls, 
what I think happens a lot is that they go into a trainer or they start lifting weights and they keep eating or they're eating for the, their body wants to eat. Now they have a need for the food and the energy uh, but they're not necessarily making good choices or clean choices. And so you end up putting on fat at the same time as getting a cellular inflation uh, from the weightlifting. Because when you first start lifting, um, your body swells. All of the the tissue is – it needs more – it's taking in more water. It's, it, it's making you bigger, newbie gains essentially. Um, and so girls will be like, oh, my pants are tight. And then they just keep eating the same way and – they have an overall um, increase in size or circumference of their thighs. And that makes them think that they are getting big. But that initial two, three months of growth will not go any further. Um, you can keep putting on fat if you want to keep eating bad food. Um, but if you have a clean diet, lifting weights will only make you feel better and look better. Yeah, that's All right. of yeah. the supermodels are lifting weights now. Yeah, All of these girls that you see on movies – from Gal Gadot to Captain Mark, like they're all lifting weights. Real quick, I want to take a break from the episode to share one of my favorite resources with you. One of the BS messages floating around out there is that eating healthy costs too much. Honestly, I used to believe this myself. That is, until I discovered ThriveMarket.com. Thrive Market is an online grocery platform that's essentially Costco meets Trader Joe's meets Whole Foods. I love that I can shop on their mobile app and have all of my favorite groceries, everything from natural wine to 100% grass-fed beef to nutritious crackers, everything, delivered right to my door. Last year, I saved over $1,000 shopping on Thrive. I honestly can't think of one reason not to love it. To save a percentage off your first order and see my full shopping list, click through the links in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. That's interesting. So yeah, you've mentioned a couple times now earlier, you said lose fat with diet. So what would you say to the person who has this new year's resolution of losing weight and they're just going to the gym? Well, you'll never get there. (laughs) (laughs) Can you elaborate on that? Like, where do you think, how do you think nutrition interacts? What should people be eating or not eating? Diet is everything. I mean, look, uh, you're preaching this all the time. Right. Um, the biggest thing is is diet. What makes people look the way you have to you have to pull away uh, fat in order to show muscle. So, like, if you diet really hard and you don't exercise, you can get very thin, but you won't have shape. Mm-hmm. If you want to have shape, you have to diet and exercise because once you whittle away at the fat, what's underneath is what you built in the gym. Um, but diet is just it's just so much bigger of a deal than the exercise get your diet right and then go exercise so what would you say like get your diet right sustainably for most people yeah. for most people uh at the base level cut out breakfast uh-huh. uh intermittent fasting or 16 8 i think is one of the most effective easiest 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 things that almost everybody can do uh, barring some sort of condition. Yeah, I agree. Um, I've been doing that for, I think, three years now. And I did a whole episode just on intermittent fasting. And then oh, I actually yeah. just interviewed a board-certified cardiologist who is all into diet for preventative measures. Great. And he's all about intermittent fasting. Who so is like, that doctor? Or who are you talking Dr. to? Dr. Brett Schur. 
where is where is he? So he does a podcast called Diet Doctor. Um, he's at okay, the cool. dietdoctor.com website, which is a really cool resource with a lot of visuals of low carb, high fat, high quality cool. protein as kind of like the base. Cool. Yeah, yeah I, it's so interesting to me right now. Like, I think that uh, the science and information around fasting is just like uh, it is the future, mm-hmm. right? And and as soon as you start doing it, I've I've several people that in the last year lost. 30 to 50 pounds, like friends, high school buddies that got way too overweight and then were getting ready for weddings or whatever. And they just started doing uh, regular intermittent fasting and just dropping weight. Um, and the other thing that I, if you are, if you are in, so inclined, like you do intermittent fasting, you realize, oh, I don't have to eat like I thought I did. Uh, there's something called five, two, which is just two days a week. You don't eat you fast for those two days, Uh uh, which sounds crazy to most people. But once you try it, once you just go 24 hours without eating, I think 48 hours might be even a bigger thing for you mentally. But once you do, I think that one time you'll go, oh shit, everything that I thought about food is a lie. Yeah. Like I, I don't, like the idea that I'm hungry doesn't mean that I need to eat. You're hungry because we're programmed because you've been eating every two or three hours your entire life. Yeah. At a cellular level, your body's going like, okay, it's time. There should be some sugar coming in. Um, and when you shed that fear, I mean, there are most days, uh, my writing partner and I, we, we won't even eat until, we won't eat until the end of the day. Yeah. And we function and exercise and do all that stuff uh, without food. Um, or go multiple days. My brother-in-law, um, I'm a big fasting is just, I think the coolest thing, you know, um, uh, who was I just talking about? Your brother-in-law. Oh, Daniel. Right. Uh, yes. Daniel, dude, he lost 83 pounds in 40 days. Wow. He just fasted for 40 days. Yeah. Water only, uh, 83 pounds. I think what's so interesting. Yeah. And I think, Obviously, there are a lot of fads out there, and I'm very anti-labeling a diet forever or following yes. some fad. Yep. Yep. You have to find what's sustainable for you. Every person's different. There are some core principles that work for everyone, but yep. like like I do better with uh, starchier carbs than some people. You know, some people yep. may not do well with that. But I think what's interesting is you said fasting is the future. But the other key point about that is that fasting is also really the past, right? Because evolutionarily, yes, this isn't some new, right. this is the first time that we have excess, right? So we have food more accessible today. I mean, we have Uber Eats, we have, yep. you know, junk food in our cabinets all day long. We barely even think about it sometimes when we open something up. But I think you were talking about the mental state too. It's so good for me mentally. It has been just to realize I'm not going to yeah, die. But we're, we're trapped by adverti- advertisers and habit. Right. That's it. Yeah. We have been conditioned to believe. Even like the idea that breakfast was the most important meal of the day. I think that was paid for by a, a general mil- – a yeah, study done. I think it was Kellogg's. Kellogg's, uh, which is insane, right? Yeah. Everybody's parent – every like most people today, even when I first bring up this idea, go – well, I thought breakfast was the most important meal of the day. Yeah. 
you're like, oh, we believe. Yeah. Like think about, you know, friends will say like, I'm so starving. I can't even think right now. Yeah. Well, physiologically, unless you have an insulin issue, that's probably not true. Right. Uh, because you've got glycogen stores in your muscles. You can think. Uh, you don't feel good because your body's not tapping into those right now. Instead, because it's not used to, it's just waiting for the next time that you dump a latte with sugar, you know, whatever yeah. in your system. Um, yeah, I, I'm like really excited about about it because I think it's it's so clearly what we used to do, right? Like as as hunter gatherers, you know, you kill and eat what you could, you'd feast on it, and then you would walk a couple of days before you got the next thing. What if somebody now is really eating a diet based in refined grains, refined sugar, heavily processed foods, takeout? I mean, intermittent fasting will be harder for that person, right? If they're yeah eating a steady stream of Sugar? Because won't they have cravings and more hunger pangs? Yes. But here's where I think this is where my whole, my journey has brought me to this day is that 90% of this stuff is mental. Yeah. When I look at like the weight loss results that hypnotherapists are having now, it's mind blowing because people do not believe in themselves. And and I have a unreasonable um, positive outlook in what my body's capable of. And it always shocks even like other trainers. Uh, it especially pisses off Courtney because I'll be like, oh, I could lose that amount of weight in two weeks or I can put on this amount of weight. And I truly believe that my attitude towards it is half the battle mm-hmm. because there are times when I'm scarfing uh, Sour Patch Kids and eating horrible, and I'll still lose weight because I know that I need to lose weight for something, and I believe that I will. Mm-hmm. It's just a it. I the mental aspect of all of this stuff of of uh, health in general, and believing and manifesting and focusing on um, positivity. I think I think is humongous. And right, the clients right. that I have that come in and believe me when they listen, they know they they know so and so who lost weight, and they buy in, they get results. And the client that comes in and goes like, mm, I just don't know, like this never works for me, and they're not honest with themselves, and they're not honest with me, and they can't uh, they can't master their own thing. They don't get they don't get results. Like right. it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. We get to hold on to whatever our, if we want to if you want to fight for your limitations, you can have them. Um I think that's the biggest thing to me. And so like when it comes to will you experience more hunger pangs if you have a bad diet and you're doing intermittent fasting? Maybe. Uh but if you just go fuck it who cares? It doesn't matter. It's not hurting me. You will still succeed. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. And that also makes me think of dieting because I think there's so much shame built into it. Yes. Like I failed. And then you give food so much power. And then, you know, physiologically that probably affects you because you ate a piece of pizza and you're beating yourself up over it. Whereas now I usually don't eat pizza, but when I do, I'll think that was delicious. I don't feel so great afterwards, but whatever. And then move on. I really believe that at a core level because of my own experience when I am in a serious dieting phase or I'm trying to get as lean as I can for a photo shoot uh 
I'm still not that strict. Like I still will go like, oh, I really like Sour Patch Kids and I'm watching a movie. So I'm eating Sour Patch Kids. But I never beat myself up. I just go, I'll make it up. I'll do an extra five minutes in cardio, which I know logically doesn't actually make it or like that's not how you make it up. Right. Um, But I think that my attitude makes a humongous difference. Totally. So when you say eating clean, like to you, what does that mean when you are? Yeah. If I'm going into a uh, shredding uh, phase, if I really want to lose weight fast, I do intermittent fasting and I go completely carb free. Um, but I typically will only do that if I have to do like a sprint, a two week sprint to lose it, to get as lean as I can, or I'm at the very end of a program with a client and I'll ask them to do it for a sprint because it's not sustainable. And most people bounce in and out of ketosis and they think that they're doing it, but what, but if you're not staying in ketosis, uh, then you're really just adding a bunch of fat to a normal diet and that will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, people go to all extremes with everything, right? Yeah. yeah. So the more balanced approach, would you say? So the more balanced approach for me is I'll do either 16-8 or go to a warrior fast, which is a 20-hour uh, fasting window, a four-hour feeding window. And inside of that four hours, I'll eat um, protein, fat, starchy carbs. I eat potatoes and rice because I feel like for performance and for my body, I don't notice. Yeah, I I don't have the loss um, if I'm intermittent fasting, and I know some people are really afraid of rice and they're really afraid of um, some of the carbs. But I I when you look at these bodybuilders and you look at people that are performing in these peak conditions, they're all taking in carbs yeah. and they still look great. For sure, yeah. I also don't fear whole grains or I mean I don't fear anything really, but um, yeah. yeah, I do really well yes. with. Yeah, you don't see it as impactful. Yeah, and I, I do this, think, yeah. you know, I do best when I'm eating a diet centered on high quality protein, healthy fats, and vegetables. But, and I can add some whole grains in there too. I mean, I don't feel great. I don't think if we're all being honest with ourselves, we don't feel great after we eat sugar and, no. I mean, maybe natural sugar, you know, fruit is yeah. fine. But if you're eating Sour Patch Kids all the time or Cheez Its or things like that, um, you know, you probably don't feel your best, but again, that doesn't mean you have to completely restrict those things forever. It's just, I think it's good to be self-aware. Yeah. I think that's another huge component. Yeah. I mean, like some of the things that I think are super interesting, like they've done the, they've done studies with hypnosis where they uh, expose people to allergens, right? Uh, something that they are deadly allergic to while conscious. And they, then they hit that person with the same thing while under hypnosis or while under anesthesia. And their body has no reaction, hmm. which tells us that it's not an actual physiological uh, allergen, but that you have a belief of that allergy. Hmm. And I re- like I think if you extrapolate that to, I just ate a piece of pizza, that's going to make me feel bad. I've just ruined my diet, like we were talking about. Um, I think that you know you are guaranteeing that it will. Right. And and I I do think that having that attitude uh, towards or like like you said, just not fearing things is, uh, is key. Yeah. And, and going like, okay, so what I had, uh, some of that 80% of my shit is clean. Exactly. Um, we're good. Right. Yeah. And also when you add intermittent fasting to the mix, I mean, I think that if you add intermittent fasting for most people, this is like a, I, if they just start intermittent fasting, don't change your diet at all. 
just skip breakfast. Just make sure you have a 16-hour fasting window. You'll lose weight. Uh For most people, you'll maintain if you just do that same feeding window. And then if you really want to make it easy on yourself to maintain, just do four hours. Just eat dinner and have whatever you want for dessert. Won't matter at all. Enjoy your life. Hmm. (laughs) That's really interesting. Um, So I've had you now for an hour. I know you have things to do. I just have one final question. What, yeah. what's your stance on protein shakes? You mentioned chicken earlier. Do you go for more natural forms of protein or I've heard it called bro science in the past. I mean, what's your thought on, I have yeah, to have a protein so shake. Much bro science. Okay. There's so much bro science. And, and as a caveat to everything, I, uh, I really make an effort to stay as open-minded as possible to all of these things. Mm-hmm. Because one of the most staggering things, when you look at, diet comparisons of like which diets are the most successful, which diets actually lead to progress and which don't, they are all almost identical. Uh, because it doesn't, it, I, I don't know that it's so much about whether or not you choose to go plant-based or you choose to go keto as it is about you choosing to prioritize your health and, um, make an effort on a consistent, consistent basis. Um, to eat quality foods. Mm -hmm. And when people do that, regardless, like, like their research is showing, you know, like it is about consistency and adherence to a, a, like a personal philosophy. Um, and I think then mood and all the rest of it attached, but, uh, sorry, that was not the question that you asked me. (laughs) It's okay. You try to stay open-minded, but what's your thought about the bro science, the protein shakes? Uh, I, take in a ton of protein every day Uh and I have a hard time eating it because of the, uh, because of my life. So I actually drink something called fair life milk. Okay. It is, uh, ultra filtered and this is straight up bro science, except it's been, um, modernized. There used to be a big thing. Uh, bodybuilders used to do a gallon of milk a day because Uh it was a cheap way to get a ton of calories car. You're getting everything that you need in there. Um, but I drink something called Fairlife because it is ultra filtered. They break it apart. It's lactose free. Um, and there's 50% less sugar than regular milk. Hmm. And it has more protein. So it has 13 grams of protein per serving as opposed to, what is it, 8 or 11 yeah. that normal milk has? Uh, and so, like, if I have a half gallon of that, the way that it comes, uh, I'm like set besides food. And do you drink it at a certain time or it doesn't really matter as long as you're getting a lot of protein? It doesn't matter. The latest research shows that it doesn't matter. And I've never noticed it mattering in my own experience, especially with fasting. Like a lot of people are concerned with BCAAs and all the rest of it uh, during their fasting windows. And I think that that's all um, made up. Yeah, that's interesting. So is there a resource where you would send people to find form for exercise or is there a place you like to go for research or you know what the best okay for for lifting for main lifts i love this dude uh he's an instagram called squat university okay you you could learn pretty much everything you need to learn about your major lifts on his instagram um it's just one of those ones that i I always send people to Uh and then the other people like um what is his name? Kelly Steck. I'm going to butcher his last name because I am um, slightly dyslexic. I never remember how to, how people's names are, how their last names actually are. Kelly Stelk. 
Supple Leopard is the guy. He wrote this book called Supple Leopard. Oh, Supple uh, Leopard is the book? Yeah, Supple okay. Leopard, an incredible book for mobility. Huh. Okay. Oh, uh, Kelly Starrett? Kelly Starrett. Okay. Yep, there we go. Cool. Yep. So I'll link uh, that in the show notes. That's that guy is extremely trustworthy. I go to Jim Stepani for almost any bodybuilding um, information. Okay. Uh, and he's a humongous. If you go to bodybuilding.com, I think he's still the editor-in-chief. Um, and he has tons of different programs and all of his stuff is science-based. He was one of the first adapters to intermittent fasting for bodybuilders. He's a believer in like a full body training. He has programs that you can follow and download for free for people that want to get fit. And, and for girls, like when you see a program, if he's, uh, advertising it for guys that want to get shredded, do that same program. Oh, okay. Don't alter it. Right. Like, uh, don't be afraid that there are upper body exercises. You should be able to do a push up. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> uh, I can't do a push up. Yeah. That's no, good. it's it, it it was not fundamentally built into well now we're gonna go down a whole nother track. Oh yeah. Sexism. Oh. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. Right. Uh no, but you know, like there was just different expectations. Yeah. The, but like from a physiological, mechanical perspective, there's no reason girls should be so much weaker upper body wise than guys. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good to know. Um, and then what about if people want to follow you and find you, do you have a website or resource uh, of your own? I almost do nothing on the <laughs> internet when it comes to training, you know, like in the, in my realm, when I first started, it was like, nobody wanted to put anything on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like, great. I, uh, have no problem with that. And so I never really built an Instagram following. And now as I transition into the entertainment industry, uh, I'm just pursuing that. So yeah. I haven't really, yeah. Well, that makes sense because you can only, you don't want to spread yourself too thin. You can only do so That's much. really what I, yeah, my, I was like, all right, I know what my main goal is. Uh, I'm just going to stick with that as a brand. You know what? The person to follow also is Ben Bruno. Uh, okay. he, he's, uh, very, very smart. And he has tons of videos on YouTube. Go to Ben Bruno's oh, and on your mentor, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Go to Ben Bruno on uh, YouTube and you can watch all of his, uh, he has tons and tons of videos on form on everything. And then the final one I would recommend is, uh, Vitru LA. It's the gym that I train out of this guy, Johnny Fontana. Um, and they do tons and tons of stuff and they have Everybody, like some of the greatest trainers in LA come through that gym. So you can find people and follow people that are relevant to you in uh, using that as like a jump page. That's awesome. So I will link all of those things in the show notes. And I mean, this was jam packed with information. Um, I can't thank you enough for coming on. You're the first person I've interviewed who talked about exercise and weight training. And Oh, great. So, yeah. Just get out awesome. there. Just get out there and go do it. I it know. does. Here's the thing that I I will admit readily. Most days, I'm like, "Fuck, I don't want to work out." Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I really believe, like, I don't know. I don't think. I always say you'll never regret it when it's over. Like you'll never right. look back and wish that you hadn't lifted weights or you hadn't gone on the run or you hadn't done the yoga. Um, and for my own experience, that's been totally true to this point. Um, and believe in yourself. Fuck yeah. Yeah, but I think too, the mental part, for me sometimes if I just say, 
I don't feel like it, but I'm just going to go for five minutes. Yeah. And then you get yourself there and then five minutes, it's like, I'm not going to just stay here for five minutes. And then you end up staying for 30, but just baby steps, you know, or laying totally. out your gym clothes. I mean, that goes a long way for me or yeah. scheduling it into yeah, my Google there. calendar. Yeah. 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 yeah just Find a friend, make an appointment. Cause yeah. I really, I, I do think like that. It's just like the eating. Right. And I think all this stuff is synergistic, right? As soon as you stop, as soon as you fast for 24 hours and you go, Oh, food is a crutch and my mind tells me I have to have it, but this is not real. Uh, or I can deny my own urges, right? Like it's just self-discipline in that way of, I don't want to go to the gym. Who cares what I want? You know what I mean? Right. I can't trust myself. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I make myself yeah. do it. Well, this is so valuable. Thank you so much. It was great chatting with you just selfishly because we don't get to connect with anymore. Yeah. So yeah. We'll keep it up. Uh, All right. Yeah. Any, anytime. Let me know. Have a all great right. one. Thanks, John. Well, that's all for today. Before the next episode drops, I'd love to chat with you one-on-one about the BS messages and methods currently holding you back. You deserve simple weight loss and sustainable wellness. So let's figure out how to make both happen. To book your free consultation, click through the link in the show notes. Again, thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Health Investment Podcast. See you next week. All content in this podcast was created for general informational purposes only by a non-physician. None of the content should serve as a substitute for professional medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Always consult a qualified health provider with any questions regarding a medical condition and before making changes to your diet, lifestyle, and or exercise programs. Do not disregard any professional medical advice you have received or postpone seeking such advice because of something you heard on this podcast.